There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Do you have that person in your life who, no matter what you do, you can't seem to get through to them or get them to listen or engage in a healthy conversation about issues you're experiencing in the relationship? You know, you try to say how you're feeling, but then they flip it back on you and say, oh, your feelings, what about my feelings? You Maybe you get sad, but then they get even more sad that you're upset and now you're taking care of them instead of them taking care of you. These are all signs of a common defense mechanism called deflection. And today I'm going to teach you all about deflection and my steps for finally connecting. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm very excited to have you here. And uh, today's episode is inspired by an email I received, uh, and I thought, I got to do an episode on this because I've gotten a lot of emails from you all about what, what really distills down into this same issue. So I thought, well, let's just do this. And I'm actually... I, I just think a lot of people are experiencing what I'm going to talk about. So I thought it would be a great episode. So let me read you what the woman who wrote in said. Obviously, I'll leave names out. Um, and I think you'll relate. And again, I mean, I'll talk about this. This this doesn't have to be a, a romantic partner. This can be your boss, your mom, your brother, like anybody in your life. So she says, uh, how do you stop a flipper? She she calls a flipper in quotes. If you're not watching me on YouTube, and if you are watching me on YouTube, please subscribe and like the video and like my fabulous sweater. Let me know how much you like it in the comments. Okay. Uh, how do you stop a flipper? My husband is a super, and she wrote super in capitals, good guy. 
But anytime I feel sad, bring up an issue, uh, get angry, he ends up flipping the conversation so that he's the victim. Naturally, I want to console him, but now I'm not getting my needs met. When I try to turn the focus back on the original issue, he starts doing other things like correcting my verbiage, you know, that I'm, whatever I'm using. For example, oh, don't say I never do blah, blah, blah. And it ends up feeling like a trial, like someone is saying, I object. (laughs) I feel like if I get sad, he shuts down. If I get mad, he gets madder. I literally feel like I can't show any emotion without him matching it. And I no longer feel safe. I really want to get our team mentality back into our marriage. And I just thought this was so well said and quickly said, some of you write in and you give me too many paragraphs. I just can't read all that on the air. (laughs) So I say with love, try shorten. I, you know, I get a lot of emails. I, I, it, you know, sometimes if something's too long, I just can't stop to read it. I, I just don't have time. Um, remember, you know, I have another life outside of this podcast. So, uh, you know, I only, I dedicate so many, so much time to the podcast each week. And, uh, you know, that includes, you know, all of your wonderful, beautiful questions and responses. So, uh, and if you do want to write me, um, a question, abby at abbymedcalf.com, couldn't be easier, or go to my website, abbymedcalf.com, and go to the Let's Connect page. You can send in a question. Okay, so I'm going to answer this question, but again, broaden it so you can understand the larger issues going on. And again, see how this might show up in your relationships. Again, not just with your partner, but you know, dad, sister, best friend, coworker, boss, whatever. So what we're looking at here is a def- mostly, you know, obviously there's a lot of nuances and this isn't just one thing and all that. So don't come for me in the comments. I, I get that. And so do you. So, you know, when people nitpick, it makes me a little crazy. I'm like, come on, you know, the spirit of what I'm saying here. <laughs> um, what we're looking at here is a defense mechanism called deflection. Again, mostly. And Uh, Let me just say, oh, let me say this first. So a defense mechanism is something you do almost always unconsciously to avoid conflict or feeling uncomfortable. That's it, you know, and really to preserve your sense of kind of maybe what you believe about yourself. There are a, a bunch of defense mechanisms. Maybe I'll do an episode on defense mechanisms. That could be a good one. There's there's a ton of them. Um, they're intellectualizing, using humor, my favorite, denial, repression, uh, projection, rationalization. I could go on. There's a bunch. And we they're not all evil. You know, they're, they're just ways that our brains use to keep us safe. So again, um, well, I'll go into that in a minute. Okay. But today... Let's go. We're going to go deep on deflection because that's what's mostly being used in these kinds of situations. When someone is using this defense mechanism, they're basically attempting to redirect the focus onto something or someone else, again, to maintain and protect their image of themselves. Um, and I think mostly to avoid uncomfortable feelings, you know. Most people suck at feelings, (laughs) and I don't mean lots of people can get really angry, but that's not being good at feelings because anger, for example, is a top, what we call a top emotion, and it's always guarding something else. So um, remember the Celeste Ang um, quote I've used so many times on the the podcast, um, 
I think she said it in Little Fires Everywhere, but it's uh, anger is the bodyguard of fear. And that's really the truth about anger uh, and something to really keep in mind. But anyway, so uh, so let's talk about some signs. Like, How do you know if someone's deflecting? You know, And again, basically, they're just trying to take the focus off of themselves and onto something or someone else. So, you know, not accepting responsibility for, you know, doing things wrong, um, again, and, and generally turning the spotlight back to you. Uh, the, the example I just gave, you know, where you try to share how you're feeling with someone and they say something like, your feelings, what about my feelings? Or if you point out something they did that you don't like, their response might be, um, well, what about the time you did this? You know, you do this too. That's deflecting. That is not, we, you know, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to own up to something I did that I don't like that I did. And so I'm going to put blame other places or deflect the conversation, you know, somewhere else. Uh, what I see a lot with deflection is just there's this overall feeling of tit for tat. You know, when you point something out, uh, they mention what you've done wrong in the past, you know, that kind of thing. It's a lot of that. By the way, funniest, funniest, Dennis Leary, who's a comedian uh, for you, you know, who I don't think does comedy anymore. He did some acting too. Uh, very funny comedian. And he, he had this bit where he was like, what's this tit for tat, tit for tat? He goes, what the hell is tat? But more importantly, where do I trade it in? I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay. That was a little, that was a deflection. I think, no, it wasn't. That was just a little off to the side. Okay. What else do deflectors do? They deflect with feelings. Maybe they always cry or get angry or attack you anytime you bring up an issue. That's also deflection. Sometimes I will say that when people get enraged or just start bursting into tears, that can also be emotional flooding. Uh, meaning that they're uh, sort of hyper aroused, you know, they're in uh, their uh, sympathetic nervous system is turned on that fight or flight, and they're just they they become overcome with an emotion that happens too. Um, so again, that's why these issues are very complex. It wouldn't just be that one thing. If they only ever just cry hysterically, you know, or something, whenever you bring up a topic, that it might not be deflecting. It could be emotional flooding. That's why you always want to take things with. Uh, a preponderance of evidence, you know, a, a lot of the things I'm saying feel like they match, not one little tiny thing. Um, if they feel attacked or criticized, they defend themselves, again, by getting you to focus on something other than them. Uh, if they're caught doing something, they'll often blame someone else or a circumstance for why it happened. That happens a lot with deflection. They'll change the subject in the middle of a discussion or argument. <laughs> You know, you'll be talking about something and maybe it's not even anything heavy, but they're suddenly talking about something else. It, it, they, it's because somewhere in their unconscious, they're worried that the conversation is going to go somewhere they don't want to go. And so they, you know, start, you know, you're talking about gorillas and they start talking about ketchup. You're like, what just happened? That's deflection too. Um, sometimes they agree to your, uh, this, I, this just happened with a client of mine. She, her husband, um, and, I, and not only men deflect, women deflect too. I do want to say that, but, uh, her husband, so they, her husband's spending had gotten really out of control and 
uh, they, you know, needed to talk about it. And she said something to him like, hey, you know, I really want to, she did such a good job, I thought, because she said, I, I want to go over our finances. I want to go over my spending, your spending, like really look at how we're using our resources and make sure that, you know, we're on the same page with things. And, um, and he was like, yes, you're right. We should totally do that. I know I've been spending a little more than I should. And she was, and she really did a good job. She said, it's really not just about you. It really does need to be about both of us and both of us, you know, really looking at what we as a couple want to do. I mean, so she, she came back to session and said, oh my God, I'm like so proud. I did it well and he did it well and it was great and you're right. It always works. And I was like, great. And then she came back, you know, the next week I met with her and they were supposed to have the meeting in like two weeks. And she said that her husband had bought tickets to an all day like festival that day that they were supposed to meet because um, they were supposed to meet on a Saturday. And they they have three kids, very busy lives. It was hard to find a time they could meet. I think it was even three weeks from the day. Like they really had to look at their calendars. And But again, she had come in like, oh, we found a date and we're both on the same page. I'm so excited. And he bought tickets to this festival for the day. So yeah, it'll be fun to go to a festival together. But what about the deeper issues we need to discuss? And of course, the festival... You know, there have been tons of festival, like where they live, there's a lot of music stuff. And, um, you know, she's like, yeah, he chose this one, of course, on this day. It's not a coincidence. She saw it for what it was. And he didn't do it consciously, I'm sure. He, I think he did it very unconsciously that he suddenly was like, I know, let's go do something fun that day. And, you know, she can't say no to that. And, and even that, which was funny, the festival is super expensive and he got like really good really good placement there. There was like some front row kind of action you could pay extra for and, um, or VIP access that you could pay extra for. And, you know, she's like, oh my God. It, it And it was hard because she had to talk to him about it. And of course he was, you know, very upset. I did this nice thing for us. You know, we, you keep saying you want to do more things together and, uh, you've been asking me to plan something romantic for us for, for so long. And, you know, he had all these things coming back at her. And so, you know, you can see how this can go awry. And I will say this, I, I, I know right now a lot of you are listening and going, well, this, these are all because my partner or my boss or whoever is a narcissist. These aren't, this isn't, this is narcissism. And it's easy to think of examples being narcissism. I, by the way, episode 122, I go all into the, the, the different types of narcissism. If you want to go listen to that, I'll link to it in the show notes and on the blog post page, But which is the Relationship Tips and Tools page, is a corresponding blog post to every sing, really every episode I do, uh, unless it's sometimes like an interview or something, which is rare, I always write a corresponding blog post so that if you want to if you don't want, if you're driving right now listening and you think of something like, oh, I wish I could remember that, you can, instead of listening to the whole podcast again, uh, you, episode, you can just go to the Relationship Tips and Tools page on my website. It's right there. It'll have the same number and you can take notes, copy and paste if you want from the blog post. That is how much I love you. Yes, it is. So if you haven't left a great review yet for the podcast, what are you waiting for? Come on now. At the very least, subscribe to my YouTube channel, you know, leave me a little comment about a video, you know, whatever, follow me on social media, you know, do something, but I would really, really appreciate as always the reviews. And it's also great if you've bought my Amazon number one bestselling book, Be Happily Married, even though your partner won't do a thing. It's also nice if you bought the book and liked it to leave a review. Okay. So 
episode 122, I did all kinds of narcissism. But I have to tell you, that is, I people just use that word so loosely and so easily. And it's also often a cop out. It's like, well, he's an, they're a narcissist. So, you know, there's nothing I can do. I, I, I'm here to tell you that yes, sometimes the other person is gaslighting, but often it's an unconscious drive they have to deflect responsibility because they're afraid you won't love them if they have faults. They're afraid they're they have deep shame about who they are in the world. They are don't know how to handle emotions they've never learned. It's a sign of their own of their inability to handle feelings. So really, again, you're looking at low emotional intelligence. You can learn more about that in episode 218. Again, I'll link to it. Or you can look it up yourself. Uh, it's, it's a sign of low self-awareness. I'll link to those episodes. You know, this does not equal narcissism all the time. And again, only a very small percentage of the population are true narcissists. So don't use that as an excuse for why you can't move your relationship where you want it to go because you've, you know, decided that your partner is something or your boss is something. Um, People can have narcissistic tendencies and not be a narcissist, which is very, very different. You know, having an actual personality disorder as opposed to, which is intractable and close, not untreatable, but different personality disorders are very difficult to treat. Whereas having some tendencies or, you know, sometimes it's even a time of life where you're just going through something and you're very self-absorbed. You know, that happens too. Just don't, don't use the blanket statements on things. Uh, I really want to warn you about that. Okay. Uh, Because in my experience, People are consistently looking for love. They're looking for connection and they're doing the best they can with the tools they have, but their tools suck, okay? So that's, I think most people are looking to connect and have connection and have love. Most people are just like you. So instead of getting angry, frustrated, resentful, hopeless, which are all fear-based emotions, when you're dealing with someone who's deflecting, you gotta come from a love-based emotion, compassion, patience, empathy, kindness. You know, I always say that you can't build a love relationship on fear. And, and really, this is a great example of that. And I understand you don't wanna build maybe a love relationship with your boss or your coworker. I'm not saying love in the sense of romantic love. I mean, in the sense of compassion and connection and collaboration. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about love-based relationships. And I think all of us want those everywhere. So, you know, hey, it applies everywhere. All right, so let's get to it. What to do when someone is deflecting? What What do you do? So if someone is a known deflector, you know, you, you know this person is a deflector, there are a few steps you can take to creating um, you know, more effective conversations. And I'd also highly recommend listening to episode 124, which is how to listen without getting defensive or hurt. And I know, I know it's like, they're the ones, you know, who, uh, are, are need to listen to that. But if you listen to it, you'll have a better idea of what's going on and you'll have a better idea of how to set up the conversations, you know, more tips than just what I'm going to give you here. That that would be, it's one of the most popular episodes I have for good, I think for good reason. I think I did a fabulous job with it. Um, and again, as always, I linked everything in the show notes and on the blog post page. Okay. So the first thing I would say 
is to set the conversation up with clear intentions for, uh, I mean, this is every conversation you have, but especially here. So, and I always say that them out loud. I, I think in these situations, you know, it's my intention to have a loving conversation with you where we both listen and feel heard. Um, if it's at work, it might be, it's my intention that it will be, tac- uh, will be a team tackling this project, you know, that tackling this issue or having this conversation. You're setting them up and it really puts people, it disarms people. It puts them into a different state. It, it puts them into a different, you know, way of being in. Because remember, people, you've been thinking about this for a while. You think this is a problem. They don't. They haven't been thinking about it. They've been deflecting. They don't want to think of and they don't want to. They don't want to go here. So when you can bring someone here and now, when you which is the answer really overall, when you can bring them to the to the present, not in their heads, not in the anxiety they're feeling, not in any depressed feelings from the past or anxiety about the future or anxiousness about having the conversation, when you say these intentions out loud before speaking to the issue. I'm telling you about 50% of your job is done. You can even ask the other person, what are your intentions? You know, I want to talk about our spending, whatever, you know, or, and again, how are you feeling right now is the absolute number one best thing you can do because when we state our feelings, it brings us to the here and now. In my experience, when I ask someone how they're feeling, 99.9% of the time, they tell me a thought instead of a feeling, I'll say, how are you feeling? And you know, right now, how are you feeling as we're having this conversation? I do this with clients a lot. And they'll say, well, I'm just thinking about blah, 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 or I'm trying to figure out what you meant by this. And I'm like, okay, those are your thoughts. Tell me a feeling, you know, overwhelmed, anxious, sad, depressed, hopeless, happy, calm, like give me a feeling. And even when I do that, sometimes people will still, well, well, it's fine. I'm, I'm just trying to blah, blah, blah. They, they, and fine isn't a feeling. Good isn't a feeling. You know, you want people to really get to a feeling. Uh, so that's why I often say, can you, you know, if they give me, if they give me good, I'll say, give me, can you give me some more? Like good's not really a feeling. You tell me a couple more feelings or I'll help them. And I'll say on a scale of one to six, six being you're really anxious right now. One is you feel really calm and connected to me. You know, how are you feeling? And that makes people, one to six is so great. I I use one to six a lot. You've heard it before on on the podcast because they have to pick on one side. There's no middle. If you ask people on a scale of one to five, they're going to give you a three almost all the time. But if you ask them on a scale of one to six, they'll try to give you a 3.5 and you'll say, I need a four. Is it a four or is it a three? You know, Uh, and sometimes they'll give you the two or the five or the six or whatever, but a lot of times they'll try to, people try to hedge. They try to get in the middle so they don't have to really say how they feel. A lot of times people don't know how they really feel. And this is all, this is all, you know, how you feel is a skill. I say this a lot. All of the pieces of communication are, are skills and you have to practice them to get better. So if this is your partner, or if this is a coworker you have to work with a lot, or if this is your mom who's always gonna be in your life, then you have to help them get better at these skills. And you gotta get better at these skills of sticking to your boundaries and really having a conversation on this level. So again, say your intentions out loud, I would say is always like step one or close to step one. The other thing is to set a time and space to have the conversation. You know, make sure you're both in a 
in a place where you don't feel rushed or where there, you know, you can't be in a place where there's a lot of distractions. You know, if you're deciding to have this conversation with your partner after dinner and you're cleaning and they're cleaning and the kids are running in and out and, you know, you have all the, and you still have to walk the dog, this is not the time. You, you really need to be, plus you're both exhausted after a long day. You still got a long night ahead of you. It's not a great time to have these conversations when everyone's really tired. So, to have an effective conversation. You know, I always say, do you want to be correct or effective, right? To have an effective conversation, it's important that you're both giving your full attention. And so it's, to me, it's great to start with something like, is this a good time to speak with you about X or about something? Uh, is, you know, do, do, do you have, can, can you take a 15, can you close the computer and, and can you give me 15 minutes of attention? You know, something I really want to talk about, I need your full attention. You're being very clear and you're asking permission, which is always lovely because, you know, when you're coming at someone with something, uh, they are feeling, you know, like it's coming at them. So when you ask permission, you're giving them some power in the conversation. It's a little psychological trick, but it's very effective. So it's not a trick, it's just a tool. And you're helping them feel like they have some agency here in this conversation. So really great. Um, number three, I would say, is remember you have to connect to correct. So be sure, and I mean be sure, that at least you are in a relaxed, more love-based place. You cannot have a conversation with someone that you expect to go really well when you're you're anxious and crawling out of your skin, when you're furious and want to kill them, when you're uh, sad and hopeless and depressed about it, when you're resentful, you know, overwhelmed. It, it, forget it. You, you, it's not going to happen. It, it's not going to happen. And you know that I'm speaking the truth because you've already had these conversations a million times. It's best if you can both be in a good place, of course. But at least you, at least you to help bring the conversation to where it needs to be. So, you know, do a meditation first, uh, you know, make sure you've eaten, that you have a lot, you've had things to, to, you're hydrated, you know, that you've slept well. Don't try to have this conversation at two in the morning or after a night of being up all night when you couldn't sleep because you're so upset. You know, you really have to make sure that you take a moment and that you're in a good place. You remember that you, that you love this person or at the very least that you want to connect with this person. Again, you want to be effective, not correct. And that you're trying to really find a way to connect, right? Okay. Number four is that you have to stay mindful throughout the conversation. You've got, if you just, if you do all that good work and you're, you know, you set it up well and you say your intentions and it's all great. And then they do, they say something that triggers you, you know, the thing when you say, I'd like to talk about Saturday. It's like, well, I'd like to talk about Saturday too. You know, that was blah, blah, blah. And they start going off. And uh, right, you're like, whoa, what just happened? The conversation got hijacked. You can't be hijacked too. You, you can't be on your heels. You have to be mindful enough to, to stop, maybe, you know, let them run for a second and say, you know. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am here. I asked you to speak because there's something I want to say about Saturday. If you want to say something about Saturday, I'm very happy to hear that. Not right now. Right now, this is about me. Are you at a place where you can listen? And they might say to you, well, I just say, oh, so I can't say anything either. So I can't talk about my feelings. And again, just you have to come back. You have to be mindful enough. You have to be in your moments to not be mad at that. To, they're just deflecting. They're like a scared little child when they do that. If that's how I picture people to help me not get angry or uh, resentful or any of those things, I think, oh my God, this person is so afraid. They're just terrified right now. So what I can do is help them not feel as best I can to not feel terrified. And doesn't mean I'm like, oh no, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making sure that I'm in a in a love-based place. And so when, again, I would let them kind of finish a little and say, I am saying again that I need to speak to you about Saturday. Again, Already said it, but I'll say it again. There's plenty of time for you to talk about your feelings and what you want to bring up about that. I'm all ears. Right this minute, I want to talk about my experience on Saturday and see if we if this isn't a good time, let's come back to it. So do you see, you know what I mean? Because again, you could start off great and then things could go in the crapper. So you want to be mindful enough that you're in your moments in this, you know, conversation to keep bringing it back to the present moment and maybe what you're both feeling right this second. So you might, to me, when that stuff happens, like it's happened with clients when I've brought things up and they do that, or and it's happened certainly in my personal relationships, I'll stop and say, what are you feeling right now? And again, you'll get some thoughts, but but stick with it. What are you feeling right now? And they'll often finally, you wear them down and they'll finally say, well, I'm feeling attacked. You know, I'm feeling like everything's my fault. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's again, your thoughts. How are you feeling? I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling, you know, resentful. And then they'll start to go again. They're like, you know, cause there's like a double standard here. You're like, no, 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 just feelings, just feelings. And what happens is they do start to unwind. And so, and then you would start again and say, all right, let me, let me say my intentions again and see if we can have this conversation right now. My intention is to be a team player with you. My intention is that we both feel heard, understood, and listened to. And they might even interrupt here. Interrupting is another deflection and say, well, you know, I was trying to say my feelings. It's like, st- stop, stop. Let's just say our intentions. Let's just say our intentions. And again, you know, it, it, it's in there if you stick with it. So when, when deflectors have been successful at deflecting for a long period of time, these conversations, it's like, you know, you're turning, I always akin it to turning a huge ship around. You know, in the beginning, when you're trying to turn a ship in the ocean, you're against the wake. 
you know, you're against the momentum that's already been pushing the ship along. So if you're trying to turn around in the beginning, it's very hard. You know, it's like, oh, uh, uh, it's a struggle, right? But as you know, like when, as the ship starts to turn, it gets past a critical point and all of a sudden the wake is helping, you know, the, the movement is helping it and the rest of the turn goes very quickly because you have that momentum. So you have to think of it the same way here, but it's not a fight. It's not a struggle. You know, don't have that in your head, have in your head, you know, this is what it takes right now. And I love this person or I need this person or whatever. I need us to have a good relationship. And I have to be patient in that. I have to, you know, this, I might not have the conversation I was dreaming of having yet, but I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing these steps until I can, because I'm just telling you, again, I've been doing this almost 40 years now. It will shift if you keep doing this. It does shift. It's again, it's kind of like you wear the other person down, but I say that in a loving way, like you're wearing away their anger edges and their fear to the love. You're you're getting to what's real inside them, which is the the part where they want to lovingly connect with you. So my my next, so number five to me is, and I've just said it, but I want to say it again. It's like, say it like a mantra. You want to stick to what you're saying without getting pulled off track. The, def- the f- deflector will try to deflect, of course. So keep bringing it back to your point or question over and over and over. You want to be a broken record, a broken record, like I was just sort of doing. Like, yes, I understand. You know, you want to talk to, we will definitely get to that. Right now, we're talking about me and my thing, right? That That's the thing. All right. Uh, number six, and these aren't in any particular order, but you know, you get the idea. I shouldn't maybe call them steps. I should just call them tips or something, uh, is to use what I, you know, what we call the I feel formula. It's been around forever. I will actually have this as a handout for you if you want to come download it um, at uh, you know, abbymetcalf.com. You can go to the podcast page where this episode is. You can go to the relationship tips and tools page where the episode is, and you can download um, the I feel formula, but I'm going to say it out loud right now. You don't have to go download it. I know I'm not sleazy. You keep trying to find ways that I, I know people out there. They're just so ready for someone to take advantage of them. I am the opposite of that all the time all the time. So get over it. Just get in. The, you don't have to be on guard with me. You really don't. You just don't. Um, so use the I feel formula, which is <laughs> I feel when you and I need. I feel, and you know, because you're sticking with your own feelings first, you're saying I first instead of you, try to stay away from you statements. And then you have to put in real feelings. I feel sad and drained when you, uh, you know, yell at me, maybe they're yelling, when you turn the conversation back to you when I'm trying to make a point. And I need, and then fill in the Z, and I need whatever. And I'll give you some examples later, but let me just say this for now. And again, you can download the I feel formula, but it's I feel when you and I need. And you can leave off the I need if you can't think of something you need, by the way. Sometimes in a moment, I'm so upset I can't think of what I need, and I can just do I feel when you, and that'll do it. Number seven, I would say is don't label the other person. (laughs) Don't say you're deflecting or you're not listening. Of course, and no matter what, Don't say you never listen to me or you always turn it against me when I bring up something important. No, never or always language ever, ever, ever. Ever. Did I say ever? Ever. I know I'm saying, I know, I see it. I see it. Don't say never and I'm saying never, but never. Um, 
always never let really be aware because the person's just going to discount it because it's not true. And now they're discounting everything you've said. It's really like the worst thing you can do. It's the worst thing you can do, I would say, of all the things is to use always or never language when you're speaking to your partner because it's not true and they'll immediately rebut with the three times it wasn't or the one time it wasn't. And then they discount, they get to discount everything you're saying. So don't do it. Okay, so let let me give a few examples before we sign off today. Um, and, And let me say this, in every case, it's about holding your boundary and staying loving but clear. My Boundaries Made Easy book coming out in November of 2023. Don't know when you're listening to this, but you know, hey, you'll have every chance to hear all to learn all about boundaries and all this kind of troubleshooting. I go into deep depth in the book. Um, so I'm really proud of it. It is everything I've ever taught about boundaries in one place and more. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, coming out. But let me just say that that's what this is about. So let's say you bring up issue A and then they try to go, you know, tit for tat and mention something. Now you're laughing every time I say tit for tat. You're thinking of that Dennis Leary line. I know. Uh, and they they bring up something you've done wrong in the past, right? The answer here is to bring the conversation again back to the present. You, uh, you know, you could say, um, I'd be happy to listen to your feelings about X another time. Right now we're talking about Y, the issue you raised. And again, Remember the mantra. So even if they, yeah, but that means I can't say my feelings or this, you know, like I already gave this example. Again, it's a mantra, like you're a broken record. Yes, like I said, I'd be happy to talk about that another time. Not right now. Right now, I want to talk about X. If, you know, I call this meeting for me. If you have an issue with me, you need to call a meeting with me and I, I will be there with bells on. I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring popcorn, like, you know, I'll bring a snack, but uh, it can't right now, I, I'm asking. Can you sit here with me? Can you do this with me right now? And you know, and then we'll we can get we can even get to yours later today. I I just right now want to stick with one thing at a time, right? Don't say you're deflecting and you're trying to make it about you. Don't mm, just say that. If they say you know your feelings, what about my feelings? I want you to respond again, kind of the same. I'd be happy to speak about your feelings another time. Name the time, name the place, and I'm there. Right now, we're talking about what I've brought up. Let's resolve one thing at a time. That's a good one um, to use. I use that one a lot. I'll say, you know what? I just, I want to resolve one thing at a time. You know, don't again go, this is why we never get anywhere in our conversations because, you know, it's a big circle and then I bring it up and then you say this and then we never get anywhere. Don't say, because again, you're using the never language. You're, you're, just leave it, leave it. You don't have to be right. Do you want to be correct or effective? Effective, effective, effective. Just say, let's resolve one thing at a time. The more you say or argue or rebut or justify, the more ammunition they have to come back at you. So shut up. Just say the thing. I say with love. Just say the thing and stop talking. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. Oh, oh, let's say they start getting upset and maybe crying when you're sharing something that hurt you you know, something that really hurt or humiliated you. Maybe, and what I've seen is this, oh, I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I did that. I don't know why you're even with me, right? And in the past, this is a time when you felt like, you know, you now had to take care of them. Again, they're unconsciously deflecting. Remember, it's unconscious. And so instead, just allow them their moment of upset, but don't console them. Give them a minute 
And then I ignore what they just said and I restate my issue, right? I just restate what's happening. You you might say you or you might, the, if you feel like you can't do that, you might say, "I understand you're upset." Now, what can we agree to do differently about this moving forward? Do you see that? I understand you're upset. I am too. What can we agree to do differently about this moving forward? If they continue to deflect, right? And, you know, oh, I'm such a horrible person, you know, and whatever, you know, whatever they're doing, just stick because they're probably gonna. Remember, you've trained, you have co-created this relationship, whoever it's with. And so you've trained them for what works. And now there's a new training, so to speak. And don't come after me that it's manipulative. It's not. If you're coming from love, if you're coming from clarity, if you're coming from a want to connect, that is not manipulative. So continue to stick to your mantra. Don't be derailed yourself and then blame them. You got to hold your boundary. I understand you might feel bad about this, but it's not helping us resolve the issue. Again, what can we agree to do differently about this now? The other person might get angry and defensive when you bring something up, right? Your job is to hold your boundary. Do not react to the anger. At this point, I would actually say to use the I feel statement. You know, um, I feel sad when you get angry in these conversations and I need to sit down and talk about this rationally, or I need to remind you that we're on the same team. Um, I need to remind you that I'm not attacking you. I need to go wash my face and then we'll start again. I, you know, whatever it is, but do you see that? See how that works? Okay. And again, no matter what else you do, the easiest thing is to bring the the person back to the present moment and their feelings by asking how they're feeling right that minute. Again, you'll likely get thoughts the first few times, but keep pressing lovingly, lovingly, because once people share feelings, a real connection starts to happen. Remember, we connect with feelings, not thoughts. So the more feelings you can have and you can identify and say in a moment, it's also how people release feelings the easiest is by identifying them. So all of this really, really helps <laughs> move the conversation and create the connection that you're you know, really wanting. Woo, that is it. That is uh, everything I have to say on the top. No, it's not. You know me, I could go on for another hour, but I'm not going to. Uh, but that, you know, that's really the, the crux of this and what deflection is. And I hope you can see it in a new light now. I hope you can see it from a loving place. You are love. You have to remember that. This is about your boundaries, that you're a loving, kind, wonderful, warm, soft, nougat center person. And that's how you're going to come to everything. You just are. And you're committed to only being that person in all of your conversations, which does not equal doormat or consoling people or being codependent. It equals clarity and confidence and, and love and, and compassion and kindness and all those good things. That's you. I know it's you. So these are ways for you to develop your skills to get better at this. All right. Come on over to the website uh, if you want to get the I Feel formula, um, you know, written up so you have it, can stick it on your fridge. That's where mine is. Um, or, you know, anything else, any other notes you want to take or anything, you can come on over and get them. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me. Oh, I just love you. I want to pinch your cheeks right now. I want to pinch them.
I want to say how much I love you, how grateful, grateful, appreciative I am to have this relationship with you. Thank you. Um, you keep showing up and I, it's, it's a, I feel very touched all the time. I'm not going to cry because I have clients later. Okay. <laughs> have an amazing day and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.